welcome to another episode of Managing the Mindset. We're joined by Dr. Jason Novetsky, a sport and performance psychology coach, and he's given us a ton of good insight the last couple weeks. We've covered a lot, mental preparation, goal setting, and pressure last week, so a lot of good stuff there. Uh, Welcome, doctor. Good to see you again. Good to see you too, Sydney. How's it going? I'm doing great. How are you? I've been hanging in there trying to deal with this wet weather we're having this day. I know. I just can't wait for it's consistent sunshine. That'll just make everyone in a better mood. (laughs) Absolutely will. Yeah. Well, um, one thing we're going to talk about today is confidence and what we talked about earlier. It is a big topic in the sports world, not Mm -hmm. just in the sports world, but all around. But regarding two sports, confidence is a huge topic of discussion. So uh, what do you think about confidence? What do you think is the biggest part of it all? Well, it is one of the big topics that I talk about with my clients in my office, um, probably at least once a day, it comes up for sure. Um, and it is one of the magic things that athletes need to perform at their best. And one thing we have to make sure we understand from the get-go is we're on the same page with what confidence actually means. So that's usually where we need to start is come to a common definition so we're on the same page when it relates to what we're actually talking about here. So I like to think of confidence as a belief in your abilities to perform the task you're, that you're presented with very well. So you yeah. trust your, yourself, you believe in your abilities to do what you're about to do. Uh, so once we come together on that and we agree that that's the definition, then we can move forward. And then we start a conversation about, well, what's involved with confidence? So I look at it from three different ways, uh, three different concepts that are kind of mesh together that create the process of believing in yourself. So to me, number one, it starts with your thoughts. You know, what are you thinking in this current situation? Then secondly, what are your feelings, which are usually based on those thoughts that you have about the situation? And then those two things together then determine your actions or your behaviors. So we we talk about thoughts, feelings, and actions as it relates to a basis for confidence. Yeah, and is there ever a time where we can get overly confident, you know, maybe getting close to the line of maybe somewhat being cocky or anything like that? Is there, how do you different, how do you stop that from getting to that point? Yeah, I think we, cockiness to me is fake confidence. Um, So it's too much, it's over the top. Um, Deep down inside, you probably don't believe you're that good at it. And uh, where confidence is a true self-belief based on evidence, based on past success and other things that we're gonna talk about today. So I think that's how I like to differentiate confidence versus cockiness. Yeah, and then how do we manage our confidence? Because once once we get it, how do we keep it going and keep it in check? Yeah, perfect question. So I like to talk about five different strategies and ways that we can manage our confidence. And I'm just gonna list them real quick and then we can dig into them a little bit more. So first and foremost, one is body language. Two would be what I call the pictures in your mind. Three would be your self-talk, that inner voice. Four is your preparation. And five is past success. So once we establish those five ways, we agree that we can control those things. We can manage those things ourselves, And then we start talking about what they actually are. So if you want, we can can dig into each one of those and and pick them apart a little bit. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Let's do that. So we'll start with the first one you pointed out, body language. Yeah, so a lot of people think body language is just what other people see, but what a lot of people don't realize, and if they think about it, they do know, but what they don't realize intuitively is 
hey, when I carry myself a certain way, when I straighten up my back and put my shoulders back, and keep my chin up and walk with a certain pace and have good, strong facial uh, you know, reactions and things like that, that it changes you physiologically, that your brain starts producing more testosterone and adrenaline when you make yourself what we call bigger, you know, bigger and powerful, you take up more space. So that is certainly one thing that an athlete can control at any time to help them start to feel a little bit more powerful and confident. And I don't just want them to do it on the field or on the court. I suggest that my athletes start practicing it daily in whatever they do, because right. if they start acting and behaving like a champion, they're going to become a, it's going to become a habit to feel like a champion all the time, but making sure that we're not trying to show off or, you know, you know, have people look at us and try to strive for attention. That's not what we mean by good body language. Good body language is just, hey, let's just raise ourselves up a half inch. Let's keep those shoulders back a little bit more, chin up, eyes on the horizon instead of looking at the ground. And, and that's enough. Um, I, I'm going to tell a quick story. Uh, coach Eric yeah. Backage, the baseball coach at the University of Michigan, was given a clinic one day and he was talking about confidence and being prepared for an at-bat. And one of the things that he said that really struck me that I've passed on to a lot of baseball and softball players is, hey, when you go from the on-deck circle to the plate, he told his athletes, put your bat in one hand, carry it by the barrel, so it looks like a little twig in your hand, yeah. and make sure you walk up to the plate with just a little bit of swagger. Not over the top, but just puff up a little bit as you walk up to the plate. Not only does it give you a sense of confidence and strength, but if the pitcher notices you, hey, this person coming up means a little business here. They look yeah. like they're ready. So just that much is enough. Anything more than that, if you start, you know, say, hey, you know, with your body language, say, hey, look at me, then you, you've kind of drifted into cockiness land. Yeah. Dang, I wish I would have known that when I played softball. I would have done too. that. Stepping up to the plate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what a great absolutely. Idea. Once you keep doing it, it just becomes second nature. Just You just keep it going. That's right. And a lot of people will use that term, fake it till you make it. Uh, you may have heard that before. Oh, I'm guilty and... of that. I'm so guilty <laughs> of that. Right. And, you know, and that's fine. I prefer, though, that, that people think about practicing it until you become it. Like practice being confident. Yeah. I think it's a skill that you can kind of develop. And if you work on it daily and everything you're doing, whether you're walking down the halls at school or on your way to a game or you're driving, Think about what would a confident person look like right now and start emulating that. And you're gonna to start to feel that more frequently. Yeah, yeah. And then the second on the list, what, remind me again what the second one was? I call it pictures in your mind, or you can think mind. of it okay. as image, yeah, imagery or visualization. So obviously, you know, we all have these running movies or TV shows, if you will, in our mind about our past performances, what could happen in the future. And we're kind of imagining how things might go or how things did go. Well, I think it's intuitive to know that if you're focusing and replaying or considering all the things that could go wrong, that's going to have a negative impact on your confidence state. So I, I like to give this analogy. If you're at home watching TV, Sydney, and you don't like what you're watching, what can you do? Change the channel. There you go, you can change the channel. So you can have I the channel. I thought that was you a trick question, I got nervous. No, it's a perfect question, a perfect answer. And you have the remote control for your mind. So if you start noticing, hey, you know what, I'm watching myself make mistakes, I'm worried about making mistakes, I'm worried about what other people are gonna think of me, but why am I watching that? That's bad TV. 
click change the channel and, and start watching yourself have success now i'm not saying that just because you do that everything's going to work out perfectly i mean right. we have to be realistic but we're trying to put ourselves in the best mindset possible so you might as well think about see in your mind plan for success more than failure yeah, that almost brings us back to last week when we talked about pressure in sports. And yeah. if something bad would happen, you have to let it go to move on to the next play. Otherwise, it's just going right. to linger. Yeah, that's right. It's all, Absolutely it's all right. coming hand in hand here. Yeah, that's right. They're all fit together. There's a method to my madness. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, going off that domino effect, what is our third um, uh, confidence goal here? So the third strategy would be what we call self-talk. It's probably one of the most important ones because we all have, again, an ongoing conversation with ourselves. And unfortunately, we are tougher on ourselves than most people are. We say things to ourselves that we wouldn't allow other people to tell us. And that needs to stop if you're going to manage your confidence better. So I'm not saying you have to be Mr. and Mrs. Positive and happy-go-lucky all the time and always looking at the bright side of things. Certainly that's better than being negative with your self-talk, but I really prefer being neutral with our self-talk, thinking tactically instead of emotionally and just being focused on what's the right next move that I need to do to have success here. So that inner voice and that self-talk needs to be very instructive, tactical, focused on something that I can do, that I can control, that will get put us in the best situation possible to have success. Yeah, and I think it's important for athletes, especially high school athletes, to know this takes time to get to this point. Because even now, I'm I'm 27 years old and I'm still working on that, not being so hard on myself when I'm critiquing what I'm doing or anything like that. So that's that's a good way to put it. Be neutral. Don't don't be over the top one way or the other. It takes time. That's but right. Get neutral there. think. Yeah, if I would have started doing this when I was in high school, I would be so much better now. But I'm a late starter. Right. It's okay. We'll get there. It's all right. There's always time. Yeah, all the time. time. <laughs> and then our next uh, strategy, what is it? That is a big one also. It's about preparing. We call it preparation. Yeah. So there's lots yeah. of different ways that we can prepare. Um, you know, we talked a little bit before about, you know, preparing the night before, preparing mm -hmm. the day of a game. When we talked about mental preparation, yep. we talked about preparing before every play. So those are other strategies that we have talked about before, but can also help us feel more confident if we're more mentally and physically prepared. So we don't need to belabor that one too much because we covered that in a whole episode, but that's another strategy to help us feel more confident as well. Oh yeah, all the different routines, great to know. Mm -hmm. And that would lead mm -hmm. us to our, our final domino of this confidence strategy. Yeah, so this one I kind of think of uh, for emergency break glass kind of strategy where it's called past success. Okay. So everybody in some point in time has had some success in their life. You know, I would hope so at least. I'm, I'm pretty sure everybody's had some success, especially our athletes. So what I have my athletes do is write down or we have a big discussion and make some notes about our best performances ever you know times that we really came through great games that we played successful experiences we've had and we just talk about them for a while and we write some notes down about hey you know two years ago you know i had four hits or you know i went five for five from the free throw line and made three three pointers and played great defense and we just and, I, and i'll dig in more like all right where was that who were you against and then I get into, well, what did that feel like? Can you connect with what that felt like when you were playing your best? Uh, and how did you prepare for that? And, and what was going on around you? And just try to really connect with those feelings that we had when we were playing really well. 
And then if we can do that when we need to, we can take those great confident feelings into what we're about to do. So you get that feeling like I've been here before, I've done this, I've had success. All right, let's get connected to that and let's take that into this next performance right now. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's a really good idea. Well, I just think these five things are extremely important and simple that we can do to help us manage our confidence. Because a lot of athletes tend to want to wait for something great to happen. Or they'll say, you know, if I can just score a goal, I'm going to feel confident. That'll get me on track. Well, you can wait around all day for that, but geez, I'd rather take charge of my confidence rather than wait around for something to happen. I'd rather be active than passive in this situation. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, I was going to ask you, do you remember a time where you you had to go back and remember all times you were confident or some when you were really successful oh, in the field and stuff? Of course, of course. I mean, when I'm playing college baseball, you know, you're playing against some really tough teams at the D1 level against the Michigans and Michigan States, the Notre Dames. And, you know, those are some big, strong guys and you're in some yeah. pretty uh, intimidating venues to play against. Um, you know, you see those uniforms across the field. So it starts to have an impact on how you feel about yourself. Uh, but if you feel like, you know what, I've done some visualization, I've prepared well. Um, you know, I think I'm thinking about the last time I've maybe faced this team and had some success or other games where I've, I've been in where I've had a lot of success. And so I conjure up those feelings maybe in the bullpen and take those feelings with me out to the mound. And then, you know, then we just get after it. We do the best we can. Yeah, because you said one word that hit me was intimidating because sometimes I feel like you go in with all this confidence but then you can't let that intimidation of how big the stadium is or what actually the nature of the game is take over you the confidence that you built heading into the game right and that's what we get into you know like we discussed earlier those mental traps when it comes Mm -hmm. to pressure you know those are all the uncontrollables that tend to distract us from what we're currently doing and so that's about noticing those mental traps and then returning our attention to the present moment on the things we can control and using all the strategies we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks is, you know, all those routines to keep us present and reset the situation to, to again, help us uh, perform our best. Well, thank you so much. Another great episode we had today. Another great conversation with Dr. Jason Novetsky. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Good to see you, Sydney. Good to see you too. And we will see you next week for another edition of Managing the Mindset.